0: Good morning from England.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, what's the time over there? Uh, we are at 11 a.m. Oh, nice. It's about 10 over here in Australia. 10 p.m., right? Yeah, yeah, 10 p.m. Why is it so bright out? It's the, these lights in here are just crazy. Oh, the curtains are closed, it's. it's
0: oh, crazy. right. I'm thinking <laughs> that's your bloody window in the background. I'm yeah, no, no. <laughs> <coming in. laughs> I wish, I wish. Oh, Brandon, listen, it's a pleasure to speak with you. First things first, man, how are you, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, good, man. Um, things are kind of starting to get back to normal here in Australia, uh, especially in New South Wales. Um, we're all from Sydney, so yeah, all the venues are starting to open back up again. People can actually stand at
0: shows. Uh, so <laughs> it's uh, pretty exciting times. Oh, so that kind of normalcy. Um, Yeah, because obviously different countries around the world, we all got different experiences at different times of, you know, the elephant in the room. So you guys are kind of getting your gigs back to normal. We've had that for a couple of months now over here in England, um, to the point where now going to a gig feels normal? Yeah, I've seen
1: heaps of videos of, of bands playing over there just so jealous like I mean I I think I went to one festival a couple months ago it was the only one to happen really uh outside of um WA here in Australia and I was I remember standing in the crowd just feeling like this is so illegal like like I was doing something (laughs) wrong and I was like just the whole vibe was just like it's so crazy to kind of be in that setting again which is really cool
0: did it take you a little while to kind of adjust to that that sort of oh yeah this is okay now
1: yeah, that's it for sure, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's it's been, all we're used to now is seated shows and
0: the whole, yeah, vibe change was crazy. Did you go to many of them? So we had a brief little run where we attempted, um, particularly in the rock and metal world, to do seated shows and stuff like that, but it just never really caught on or worked. Yeah, yeah, 100%.
1: I mean, all our shows were were the same. I mean, yeah, like we kind of play a kind of rocky, like heavier rock and it, all the shows, like I think we've played three standing shows since we started and the rest have all been seated so the whole the whole vibe and everything's kind of insanely different but um I mean it's just good to to be seeing live music I mean I think people still kind of stuck around even for the the heavier acts it's definitely a bit weird but yeah I think people just like to being out and actually being able to kind of see live music again
0: Yeah, we kind of found over here, and I wonder if it's the same for you, that um, the desire uh, to see live music in the early days, particularly when things were coming back, the support was super strong. So what might never have been a sold out show before was now a sold out show because it had been so long.
1: Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And I mean, like a lot of a lot of the venue, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but we had like originally started a lot of the venues kind of opened back up like a smaller capacity obviously because of the seated and all that kind of stuff but it gave a lot of um a lot of the kind of the smaller acts to play on the bigger stages and still managed to sell it out which was which was really
0: cool yeah it's a funny one really because um I'll, i'll use a festival that took place in this year in our country uh bloodstock in august i don't know if you know of it um on the more extreme side of heavier metal
1: Oh, cool.
0: things. but it's a, it's a big four-day big festival and uh, because of the international acts not being able to travel and stuff like that it meant they kind of had to look inwards more to the the british scene and packed the entire weekend would say 90 95 percent just british bands it was that kind of adaption that was really kind of cool
1: yeah yeah that's yeah that's awesome i mean the same thing's kind of happening here like we have our biggest um australian festival in uh, i think it's july next year we still have like i think we have three international headliners but kind of all the other acts are just 100 australian and like a ton of like every single other festival here is doing the, the same thing so yeah it's kind of cool to see that like, the festival's kind of sourcing only inside
0: the country the the all the lines are pretty sick yeah everyone's loving it it's fun as well because um particularly from an outsider looking in Uh, who may not like dig too deep into say the Australian um, rock and metal and music scene and only really know the big names that have come from Australia and you know who I'm talking about and that then look and see a lineup that is filled with well I guess young and up and coming bands yeah yeah for sure I mean it's it's weird the whole COVID thing's kind of been obviously
1: it's been more of a of a curse but I mean there's definitely been kind of some blessings for like the younger acts especially Um, and I mean even with uh, kind of releasing music I mean this it's the whole kind of downtime gave a lot of acts um, some space to kind of drop some more music and like especially when there's no shows it's like all people are focusing on it kind of new releases and all that kind of stuff so um, yeah I think it's 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 definitely been rough but I think there's definitely some um, some like hidden gems that have come from this whole massive dilemma.
0: Do you think though um, and do you have any worries that when as things around the world get back to some sort of normality whatever that means that um the influx of artists from the biggest to the smallest all trying to find space for their music slash live shows is they're going to bury a ton <laughs> yeah I, I i think that's probably going to happen i mean like
1: we're seeing even now like I, I work inside the music industry and like trying to book or get holds on dates at venues for like the next six months all across Australia is just impossible because all the bigger acts have pushed all their tours back. Like pretty much all the acts have. So like if you were planning a album tour in like three months or whatever, you pretty much screwed any weekend dates. are just gone, So no chance. Oh,
0: yeah, rough, so well, overall then I have to ask, how have you been holding up personally throughout the last 18, 20 months, the, the COVID times? Uh, I mean, pretty
1: well it's just
0: it's just been a lot of working from home
1: writing from home i mean we haven't there's not been a lot of practicing going on i mean it's we've had it's we've had weird like influxes of like everything opening back up for like a couple weeks a couple, like a maybe a month or two and then completely shutting back down just because the government's so stupid and backwards in their way of thinking um so literally it's like when bands when things open up cuz everything's on lockdown so you can't go and practice then things open up and you're like we might only have two weeks so you quickly go and book a show without any practice just so you can actually get back out there and have some fun but I mean it's just uh, the whole things um, for me I mean we've been we recorded a whole EP so like we kind of kept ourselves busy with that and then just writing at home as much as possible trying to use the time wisely um, getting socials kind of up to date all that kind of stuff basically yeah anything that you can do outside
0: of that whole live music uh, scene. Well, that's the way, isn't it? You had kind of had no choice. And from the biggest to the smallest band in the entire world, everyone was trying to do exactly the same thing. Did you find yourself looking, particularly, maybe after the early days when people finding their feet in regards to live streams and things like that, did you guys stop and look and see what others were doing and take any prompts and ideas and think, okay, we could maybe consider doing some of these things?
1: yeah for sure i mean that yeah i mean as soon as it first started everyone was kind of you know getting on that chain of like oh the the live streams thing really took off um i think we did one or two like live stream sets that went really well um and then kind of everything just shut down again and um, it all kind of died off but i think i think it's been i think it's good because from this i think we'll see like more of that it's a little bit more normalized which is good as well like it's kind of like a new genre in the live music scene kind of thing. Um, and similar, similarly, like, uh, as well with, like, when we have one-off shows, when the capacities got cut in half, um, artists started doing, like, two sessions in the one night. Um, and now in Australia, that's kind of like the normal. So, like, when it was only, like, one one show a night, you wouldn't really ever hear people doing two shows in the one night. It's now yeah. the norm, which is kind of cool because, like, you sell it out, you can just add another session on and the venues were all adjusted to it and know how to make it happen quite easily.
0: Oh, that is something that is definitely not happening over here. How that is actually really, really clever um, yeah, yeah. way to do it. Because I kind of felt like the live stream things, at least from our perspective here, because it was a novelty in that um, everyone wanted to do it at first. And then a lot of the big boys, a lot of the big, big bands kind of did super, super cinematic versions of it, And it kind of then put the that seemed to kill it in this country yeah. because it's like okay well ha- you, you can't top that this person had thousands hundreds of thousands of pounds behind this production in a live stream what's the point of anybody yeah. else doing it exactly
1: man that's it yeah like if you're just recording it in your garage or whatever you kind of get it you kind of feel a bit uh bummed when you see the the huge guys uh with like the hundreds <laughs> of thousands of viewers and all their donations and everything yeah yeah, yeah i agree i reckon that's yeah definitely what happened there
0: what, um, what if anything helped you guys get through the sort of diff- really difficult periods of the COVID times? Um, I mean, we, like, we
1: have our group chat. I mean, it was just kind of staying in touch, I guess, and kind of brainstorming what we can do and what we can aim to do when it all ended um, and just trying to keep our minds, or keep ourselves staying for one and then try and kind of keep focused in any way we can with things that we could control. Cause I feel like at the start, a lot of artists were like trying, like kind of getting really bummed out about like, you book a bunch of shows that all get canceled. You have to move them. Um, And then, but I think once you realize like you can't control any of that and you should just focus on what you can control that the whole kind of process got a lot easier. So I think we just kind of kept reminding ourselves about that, um, stayed in touch and then yeah, just kept writing um, and
0: trying to keep focused on it all. That's all you could do at that point. It won't surprise people, I think, as well. Like, say, if they checked out uh, some of your music, uh, particularly say the new video and a new song, as well, that you guys are seasoned professionals have been around a very, very long time. But that's not actually the case with Radicals. You've uh, late two thousand and nineteen, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, almost. I think this will be our second year. Oh, I think it was our second year to the day, like maybe a week and a half ago or something. Oh, happy yeah, anniversary! Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty rough time to to start the whole thing. <laughs> Came out the gates and it got shut down pretty quick. Well, take us back then. Um, how did radicals get started? Um, I mean, I was so I know so we're a three piece. So drummer Miles, I went to primary school. Um, and I bass player Nick, I went to high school with. Um, and in primary school, Miles was the the band drummer and I was the backup band drummer so I'd be like on the triangle and he'd be on the drum kit I didn't I was like this guy sucks like whatever <laughs> um, then through high school I was in music class with uh, Nick um, and we used to write and jam all the time and just you know talk shit about music and what we'd like to do uh, and then high school finished and I kind of just was like man it'd be really sick to start a band so I got Nick on board and he was keen as, and then I didn't know any drummers. So I was like, I could hit up that kid. And then I hit him up and he was like, yeah, man, cool. And we had maybe, I think like six practices. And then we just, for shoots and gigs, just booked a show in our uh, hometown. Um, and yeah, it all just
0: kind of took off from there. Well, you really you know, did hit the ground it. running. Like, mm-hmm. considering as Rudy said, shortly afterwards, COVID happened, put a halt to everything. Did, you, did your initial early determination kind of waver because you kind of got started and then got stopped? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was the whole scenario was kind of just
1: like unfathomable. We were just like, how could something like this happen? Like never in a million years, I think would anyone have expected it. So yeah, I mean, like we, we supported um, a pretty big Australian artist called Ruby Fields. Um, to a, It was like a sold out show in front of like 400 people and we were kind of like all on our high horses like this is sick stoked as and then I think it was like a month or maybe a month and a half later when it all kind of came crashing down so yeah it was uh it was pretty pretty intense um but I mean like in that scenario it was like all the other bands were going through the same thing which kind of made it easier seeing how they were kind of getting through it and everyone was still talking in our scene so yeah I mean it was it was pretty crazy at first but I mean what can you do I guess
0: so do you reckon did you kind of find yourselves leaning on not just each other but also you just mentioned the scene as well in general that kind of thing you're pulling together you felt like you were in the same boat yeah yeah
1: I think so for sure I mean because like for us especially we'd only played three shows when COVID hit and then so we, we didn't really know any uh many other acts in the scene but Yeah, they all kind of, everyone kind of came together, like followed each other across socials and reached out and spoke about like ging up shows when we could actually do things um, and supporting each other's music, especially like dropping a song and then everyone would share it. People you didn't even know, like bands you didn't even know, which was crazy. Um, So yeah, I I mean, I think we were pretty surprised by how well the the scene and kind of the industry in terms of the the local bands kind of took care of each other it was really cool to see
0: absolutely that's amazing um yeah. it's great to hear yeah because you know the whole cutthroat world of music uh, or as it was kind of always met cage creates this scene of you all trying to stamp on each other's fingers <laughs> yeah. rather than help each other up yeah yeah for sure it's uh, yeah the cliche yeah cliche exactly untitled it's your latest single what someone called ordered chaos (laughs) yeah to a degree was it as chaotic as it seems uh
1: it's yeah i mean that's i think that's the perfect way to sum it up i mean that song was just this whole song focuses around like two notes on the guitar with like maybe three frets thrown in there somewhere um And it was just a song where I just brought it to practice and I was like, I don't want this to have any meaning. I don't want it to make any sense. Um, Like, let's just throw some words out there and uh, see what happens. So I just had this kind of melody in my head and I was just like, and I was like, what's three syllables? And we'd throw a word in there. Like, that's great. And yeah, the whole thing just came together to be this like crazy mess. Um, Yeah. And it's been great. I mean, it's been hard to, remember the words because none of them make any sense and until we got to the studio they weren't kind of set in place so doing it live it was easy and didn't really matter but now that it's kind of out there I have to learn the lyrics and try to stick to them which is going to be tough
0: so we'll see how that goes oh just release more music and then you can get rid of it (laughs) from the set list exactly man that's it 100% how about the video so obviously you had that idea behind the actual song, but you also released a video at the same time. Uh, quite a, a watchable, unique video, I think is the right word. Were you trying to express anything or were you just trying to match up to the fact that it's a bit of a chaotic song?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's spot on. So, I mean, I said to the boys, like, do we want to do a music video for this song? Because, like, if we do, I don't really know what the hell we're going to throw in there. And then uh, our drum was just like, well why don't you be the mom, Nick be the dad, and I'll be your son. And then we can watch ourselves on the TV playing the song. And <laughs> we're just like, okay, sweet. Uh, so then we, we hit up our director and he's like, yeah, this is amazing. Let's do it. Uh, I mean, it was easy for the other boys. I mean, Nick put on his suit and his nice dress shoes. Miles just put on something out of his wardrobe. And then I had to get dressed up in makeup, shave my arms and legs, put on a dress straight in my hair and put lipstick on it was uh it was a bit different for me but I mean yeah we, we just mucked around for like I think the, the whole day shooting was like six hours and we were just having a great time and it turned out pretty much I mean I don't know what we had in our heads but that what came out we thought was as close as it was going to get to kind of that chaotic confusing uh vibe for
0: sure because when I watched it I thought okay maybe you didn't you, you didn't maybe you didn't mean this I wasn't sure I'd read obviously the information and stuff like that and I thought okay there is something here in the sense that you could sort of look at it and go well it's like a nuclear family that style thing you know bored and at home and the bright because the hue the hue particularly in the video has got this kind of dead almost dull look to it but obviously the brightness from what comes of you guys playing on the TV and stuff like that and then the reaction to that I kind of, I ended up sort of overanalyzing it, and i was kind of thinking am i am i getting it wrong and that you don't need this much depth of thinking behind it and it's just this <laughs> no i mean that's perfect the whole the whole kind of um vibe of the
1: the song especially when i wrote it and like the whole process was just like i feel like if you didn't tie anything to it that every single person would just have a completely different perspective and like there's no wrong answer at all because there was nothing we were kind of aiming for so like you know what I mean like it's just whatever your mind imagines or like that's what it's meant to be it's completely different for everyone
0: yep interpret as you so choose as most artists like their music to be oh absolutely what do you um what do you make of comparisons these comparisons that are being made for radicals to uh early Nirvana and say Silverchair would you rather not have any as obviously those sort of comparisons when they're put out there Make, creates an image in someone's head, a tough image potentially to live up to.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously they're the, the acts that, I mean, most, most people in our genre look up to. Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely like, um, it's definitely amazing to be kind of put amongst those ranks. Um, but yeah, I guess you kind of don't want to be tied down too much to it. But I mean, we're, yeah, we don't really mind. I mean, obviously it's a massive compliment and, we we just play music because we love playing it. And um, if people like people are always going to find tie ins to those kind of acts. But yeah, I mean, whatever people think is is fine by us. I mean, we love it regardless if people think it's kind of the same or it's already been around and we've just kind of done the same thing. Or if we put a spin on it, it's it's all kind of the same to us. I mean, we, we appreciate any attention
0: nonetheless, good or bad. Yeah, absolutely well said. I'm not a big fan of this whole. It's been done before bollocks because uh, (laughs) have you listened to other genres? Have you listened to thrash metal and death metal? It doesn't get that varied. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I always laugh as well because I always find when I'm talking to Australian bands and bands that are from Australia and listen to their music that any comparison uh, is desperately always trying to find another Australian band, a big one to make it to. because But in Australia, obviously, some of the biggest bands tend to lean towards Rock music. We're talking ACDC, Rose Tattoo, and the likes Airborne and things like that. So yes. to see Silverchair pulled out and I haven't, you know, Silverchair. Oh my God. For my youth, it's uh always amusing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, when I heard
1: the I mean, I was a massive Silver fan growing up. And when I when I heard the comparison, I was like, holy shit, I was like, that's right, Silver Chair and Matt. And I was and I was kind of like, Yeah, it does it does kind of make sense. Um, but yeah, it, it is crazy to kind of like have such that influence growing up and then completely like especially with silver share just completely kind of forget until you hear about it and go oh yeah that's that's
0: kind of cool so yeah 100 percent. yeah and the dream being that in 15 20 years time there'll be a young band be it from australia or around the world that cites radicals as their <laughs> influence and comparison yeah see what happens fingers crossed do you think radicals are well placed to deal with the expectations and demands of modern bands seeing as you are a modern band so i'm talking social media constant content always having to be switched on for the fan base um i'm not too sure i mean we kind of just go with the
1: flow i mean we don't we don't really put too much thought into to all our social media and um all that kind of stuff um i guess yeah, like I mean, we just head to the studio whenever we can afford it. Um, we get PR whenever we can afford it. We buy new merch whenever we can afford it. Just kind of, yeah, just kind of go with the flow with the whole thing. And um, yeah, I mean we don't really we don't really care too much about what what people think in terms of the negative side of things. And uh, I mean the positives are all amazing. But yeah, I feel like we we haven't really felt too much pressure yet, just because I don't think we we notice enough. But um. I guess that's a, that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> it is a good thing, but you know, and I kind of hear it in your voice, you know you, you kind of have to, particularly as things grow. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, eventually. No yeah. choice.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're in the lucky stage now where we can just go, nah, it's, it's all good. Uh, but, yeah, if things get a bit more crazier, then it'll
0: be a bit harder to ignore, I think oh do you do i have to ask then considering although you don't pay that much attention to it when you do come to happen to promote yourself on social media and stuff like that is it an aspect you enjoy do you can you separate band from yourself when it comes to happen to be online uh that's a good question i i don't yeah i mean i i have to handle all the social
1: stuff just because miles and nick are completely useless at it but yeah that's i hate that part of having to put the captions in and all that kind of stuff and choosing what pictures to put up and all that jazz i mean i just try and keep it as kind of fun and basic as possible and not not try to be too serious with it or have a bit of fun but yeah i I don't enjoy that that aspect it's very tough uh trying to figure out what
0: to say i am I don't think I speak to anyone, any band or artists from the biggest to the smallest that say they do enjoy it. Maybe they might have a few years ago, but I think these days nobody does. Yeah. It's just like a bit of a burden. (laughs) Well, yeah. When you're uh, being measured, when you're being measured on likes and follows rather than say views and sales, it suddenly becomes a different, um, a different story, harder work. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. The whole
1: kind of everything now it's, You see artists above other artists who can sell way more tickets just because they have thousands more followers, which Mm. is just crazy to me. And
0: what does it mean? Because when you can buy them, when you can literally spend some money and buy them, does it really mean anything? Exactly. That's it. Spot on. Well, you guys have been making great headway in your own country, particularly short amount of time and COVID-19. Are you surprised that Australia has taken to you so quickly? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: it's, uh, we kind of just started this thing. I guess it's how kind of every artist or most artists started. So you just sort a show looking at this band. It's just amazing. Like you're having a great time. Everyone's having a great time. And you're just like, I'd love to do this. Like this would be amazing. Um, yeah, and we starting it, we never thought that anyone would kind of care at all. So um, when people did start giving a shit, it was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, it's still weird now going to show and, and having just... Or even selling out shows or having random people come up to us and wearing our merch or saying they love our music it's pretty surreal I don't think any
0: of us who ever kind of get used to it at all hopefully there's a day when you do and you get to be I don't know have a rock star moment where um you get to do the whole do you know who I am bollocks. <laughs> yeah <laughs> 100% yeah uh, what's gosh. um What's have you? Well, I suppose not what is. Do you have a sort of long term plan in regards to trying to break out of Australia? It's not the easiest task as we know. Um, I mean, not I mean, we've with this
1: uh next year we've started getting on some festivals, which is huge. That was kind of our next step. Um, but finally enough, the next place we want to go to is the is actually the UK. Um, our drummers obsessed, uh, and all our favorite most of our favorite bands are from the uk so i mean um yeah we're kind of trying we're talking to some people trying to figure out how we can get over there and make it happen um and just turn it into like a massive holiday and just play in front of some um some crazy people
0: oh cool right yeah come over for a week or something play a few shows around some of the cities and then chill out oh, yeah, the sure.
1: yeah definitely i mean i've been i've been to the uk a few times and it's, it's been amazing
0: Okay. That's awesome. i oh, see. I was going to ask what, if you could pick one place in the world to travel to tomorrow and play, where would you go? But I guess you've already answered that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, Love you it. said some of your favorite bands are from this country. What, what bands? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I mean, Arctic Monkeys, are the number one, obviously they're kind of, uh, I think the pedestal or at least for us in terms of uh, rock acts, um, and then another huge act we look, at, look up to, especially in music and kind of our tones of stuff is Royal Blood. Oh. I mean, they're absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the two kind of main ones in terms of at least influences and uh, all that stuff. I mean, Led Zeppelin, obviously, or all that kind of stuff, but
0: what, what Do you have any plans for the remainder of 2020? Well, I mean, we're almost at the end, of, we're halfway through November, so you may not have any. But what about into 2022? You mentioned some festivals. Um, do you have any sort of longer term plans that you can talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, this
1: Sunday, we're actually shooting a music video for our next song. Um, it's it's going to be even crazier than the last one. So that'll be interesting. Um, and then we've got two, uh, two hometown shows to finish the year off in December um which we'll be shooting another music video for that one's uh almost sold out so that one will be really special way to kind of finish the year off because uh now venues will be back to like normal capacities and everyone can stand again so it'll be our first standing show in like over a year so everyone's pretty stoked uh and then into 2022 we've got uh, our eps dropping at the start of the year Um, we've got a festival over New Year's, uh, and then yours and ours festival in April, which is like one of the biggest ones over here. So yeah, really stoked to kind of play that. Uh, and then, yeah, towards the end of the year, we've got two more as well, which, um, aren't announced yet, but those ones are kind of, uh, those ones are up in Queensland. So out in New South Wales, which will be, um, pretty exciting getting in front of some new faces.
0: Oh, awesome. What about, um actual releases are you just going to continue with the kind of singles or are you planning something bigger um so we've got so right now
1: we've got two more singles to release uh, and then we've got an ep which is six songs so three new songs on there uh and then we're already back into the studio in i think three weeks to do another single um which we'll just sit on until until we kind of have we want to get like that one together really well because it's kind of one of our new favorites so we're going to save up a bit of money play as many shows as we can uh and try and make that one a special release but yeah in in terms of releases that's
0: that's kind of where we're at at the moment there is plenty going on check them out radicals if you want to hear a quick song of it check out untitled it was released november 5th brandon thank you so much for taking the time to do this Uh, thank you so much for having me man i really appreciate it Thank you very much for watching, you can check us out on GBHBL.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there, that's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on Soundcloud and Apple Podcasts and of course if you like this video do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for?